following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. The Dallas Cowboys And now, your hosts, Brian Broadus, Jeff Cavanaugh, Kyle Yeomans, and David Hellman. It is Tuesday, February the 15th, and welcome into another episode of The Draft Show. I'm David Hellman, like the big voice guy just said. I think he said all y'all's names, too. I don't know why I do this every week. I'm with Jeff Cavanaugh, Brian Broaddus, Kyle Yeomans. You get the drill by now. Guys, how we doing? Excellent. Talking about the draft, how could you not be any better? I'm exactly. glad. Super Bowl's over. Just welcomed everybody now that has to start to catch up. Yeah, we're way everybody, ahead of you everybody right now. now, now yeah. everybody else has to hop on. Like now, you don't there have you a choice go. if you're not a draft, Nick. There Sky Moore. Right. Can you not more give away? Sky? Can you not give away future segments? That's Sky South Carolina Moore. Right, linebacker well, from a couple. Years start ago? with that. Let him. Let I him have a shot. Western wide receiver Sky Moore. I asked Jeff who he who was the last guy he watched last week, and he got pissed at me. But <laughs> now he comes in here just dying to talk about Sky Moore. Sky Moore. So let's go. Come on. Oh, he's a Western Michigan wide receiver. He's 5'10", 195, and he's Cooper Cup. So um, just pick him. Yeah. Second round, done. I'm going to put him in every mock draft. Cooper he, Cup is a lot bigger than that, just for the record. Um, six, almost six, six two, foot. Six two. Yeah. No. Six he, oh one five. I thought I looked this up yesterday. Okay. Is he? He's yeah. a, I mean, a bigger player. Play but. style. Sorry. Sky Moore, Western Michigan wide receiver. Just put him on your radar. If you're out there and you love the draft and you haven't watched him, watch him. He's, to me, the safest. It's weird to say about a Western Michigan wide receiver. He's the safest receiver I've watched this year. At worst, he's going to be a good slot starter as a rookie. I was about to say, well, you know, Corey Davis came out of Western, and then I realized, like, eh, maybe, you know, he hasn't had a he's bad career. He's all right. He's all right. He's had a said, bad career. Did, you, but maybe did not I hear him say he was career. talking about wide receiver one? He did. Yeah. He said he didn't have the nuts to put him there. Yeah. Who's Sky Moore? Yeah. yeah. Well, because I don't know if he could thrive on the outside. You just, wait, no, wait, wait a minute. Are we having some nuts. doubt here? What are we no, going no, on? No, no, no. I just want to use him as Cooper Cup. And the reason I keep saying Cooper Cup Cooper is Cup, first round pick. Should Cooper Cup been a first round pick? Uh, yes, of course. If you could yeah. redo that draft, yeah, yeah. he absolutely would be. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know how this guy's going to test. I know he's 5'10", 195. Um, and when I watch him play, it's just it's the movement patterns. Everything looks like Cooper Cup looks. Like, there's other guys in the league that, when they're running around, like, can chop their feet and explode faster. But Cooper Cup, like, does this thing where everything is a little bit of a forward lean, and he can change directions great at speed, and then after the catch – He's hell on wheels for the same reason. Sky Moore at Western Michigan plays. Does he just, just play like inside? No, no, no. Because I haven't seen both. the player yet. <clears throat> Excuse me. He plays inside and outside. Okay. Uh, I just don't know in the he NFL. Just does if he it would against want... Toledo and Miami of Ohio? Well, I watched him shred Pitt and Michigan. There you go. He was first uh, team All Mac. He was only a sophomore too, which is kind of intriguing to me. He Sky Moore's my new favorite shirt, player. I guess, right? Yeah. I yeah. So. He's, my he's new one of the COVID player. sophomores. Uh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. He's a rocked up five foot ten. And if you want to picture him moving, picture Cooper Cup. Best moves. trait. It's all going to fall along the same vein, but it's like he's unstoppable off the line of scrimmage. Okay, so people are going to have trouble playing against him off the line then, People right? are going to have trouble staying in front of him off the line. Is that what gets him open, or does he get open on his own down the field? 
Uh, he gets open off the line, and he gets open because he can do the like. I'm not saying going from right to left, but going from I'm going deep right to deep left, and yeah. it's like it's a violent loses no speed doing it. Sky Moore, he's my guy. Shout out to uh, Twitter listener Sunny. I saw your question. Sorry, Sonny, I ruined the draft show. Sky Moore was going to be a question in the next segment, but we just knocked it out for you. 94 catches, 1,283 yards, 10 touchdowns. And we got games against Michigan, you said? Michigan. And Pitt. I watched them against a Michigan very, Pitt. ACC champion Pitt team. Okay, and cool. Kent State Good. is what I watched. Really quickly, so... Which one was better? Is it Sky Moore or is it Dwayne Eskridge who came out of Western Michigan last year? Oh, was a second round did pick. As well, yeah. Sky Moore. Sky Moore's better because yeah. Dwayne Eskridge didn't have a great rookie year. Ten receptions, sixty-four yards. He had one touchdown. If so. Sky Moore doesn't kill it, I'm stupid. But I've been stupid before. That's the thing. That's, That's fair. The thing is, when you see a guy and you're sure, I'm sure hey. Sky Moore is going to pro. You talked about Olave when we did the show earlier about how the smoothness that he plays with and mm-hmm. how he gets open. Similar, not similar? Uh, The reason I have Sky Moore ahead of Chris Olave is because Sky Moore also has, like, 5'10", you're thinking small, Mm -hmm. and I'm telling you about quickness. Oh, that's a good height. That's okay height. Right, well, and I'm telling you about quickness, so it's like, oh, he must not be powerful. B.S. He's a a rocked-up 5'10", moving Mm -hmm. like that. And so... I just keep going back to the same name, and it's dumb, but I keep going back to Cooper Cup because it's the same thing with the ball in his hands, where it's just like, bop, bop, bop. One guy in space is screwed. Yeah. Whether he runs through you, around you, makes you lean the wrong way. I've fallen he have in love weakness? with the Mac man. Does he have a weakness that you saw, something that you didn't like? Uh, it's I, It would be hard to be sure about projecting him as an outside receiver, I think. Okay. That I'm would seeing. be the one thing. I, I, so Sky Moore's you watch been, one highlight. Nope. He's been in. No, I, <laughs> no. I actually, I should. Pulled, I pulled up his height. Uh, he's been invited to the combine. I'm seeing, Better like, be. I'm seeing five, nine. So I'm curious to see what his actual measurements he's are. He's my five, nine. Okay. My five, nine. Okay. Kind of he's, small guy. Steve Smith was uh, hey, short like that. Too. If you, if, if cup is the guy you keep bringing up, I'm going to go with it. And I know that it's funny because they're built differently. And by rule in the draft, you have to compare white guys to white guys. No. Sky Moore's a white guy and he's not the same height. They play the same. Okay. Okay. Hey, I've said a lot of dumb stuff on this show. I didn't really want to draft Micah Parsons, but I fell in love with Cooper Cup about an hour into the Senior Bowl. I remember that, so I'm I'm on board with it. Which and he wears 24 at receiver. Oh, that's weird. Which is pretty badass. That's so cool. was he was he was he re- recruited as a running back? What's with all the questions? No, you don't have to. It's, it's a draft show. Ask Dane. I don't know. It's college. You I'm just asking you. I'm asking you. I'm just. Ask Dane on Wednesday. He does the background. He'll be at YouTube.com. You, didn't, you, you weren't interested in knowing his background? You weren't interested in knowing his background? I just watched the tape, brother. Oh, okay. Tape Brian's, man. Brian's just salty that you brought Where's a guy he from? he hadn't watched to the table. He's from Western Michigan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> This is a good segue, if y'all wow. will let me do it. If you'll let me do it. Fox Chapel, Pennsylvania. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I, Cooper Cup is where I wanted to start this show, to be honest with you. And I know we're all draft nerds. So this is going to be counterintuitive. But, yes, we're, we're 48 hours away from the Rams winning Super Bowl 56. And I just want to pick y'all's brains I think every year at this time. You're always trying to see if you can learn something from the Super Bowl teams, right? And... I'm just curious what you think about the way the Rams pulled that off. And I want to I want to be clear cuz I think it would be lazy to say that like the Rams bought their roster or traded they for drafted. Their they drafted they drafted they drafted Donald. They drafted really well. Yeah. I went and I mean they, they drafted like 12 of their starters. Yeah. It's all mid and late a lot of mid-round yeah. guys. Yeah. They drafted Donald, they yeah. drafted Cup. 
They drafted their tackles. They drafted all of their defensive contributors on the front end. Yeah. Uh, and, and even going back, they drafted guys like John Johnson. Like, they're a pretty good drafting team, yeah. all things considered. But then they filled the gaps with trading their and willing, agency. And, and their willingness to do it with picks that matter is pretty eye-opening. I went and, like, I pulled a lot of this stuff up. Obviously, everybody knows the Stafford trade. A 2022 first, a 2023 first, a 2021 uh, last year's third. Obviously, the Jalen Ramsey trade, two firsts and a fourth. Middle of the season last year, they trade this year's two and this year's three for Von Miller, who comes in, plays eight games, gets five sacks, harass Joe Burrow all day. Just add a round to every one of those trades. Just add because a round. they've been so consistently good. Well, no, add a round to because where those picks are going to be. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. That's Dallas. the problem is you you've given up. Right. You, you, you just gave up the 32nd How pick to Detroit. How exciting is that really for the Lions? Yeah, you get yeah. you know the Lions got a, a player at 32. They get to select. I mean, the Cowboys did the same thing with Amari Cooper, if you remember. Yeah. You know, I mean, that at one time that looked like the like maybe the top 10 pick. And then it turned into the Raiders end up getting, what, 26, 27, something like that? Uh, 27. Yeah. So, to me, if you make those trades and you feel like that your team is going to be good, it's like you're just going to add a round to that. You know, it, it's, it's the thing that backfires on you that, you know, some of these uh, trades, like the Houston trades and stuff, the Jeremy Tunsils and stuff like that. I mean, uh, you, you know, those are the kinds of things that backfire on you. So w- when you look at this, though, and, and I, 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 I wanted to be thorough, too. Like, it's not just blockbusters. Their starting center for the last few years, Austin Corbett, yeah. failed second-round pick with the Browns. They get him for a fifth. He mm-hmm. started two years for them. Sony Michelle, their leading rusher this year because Cam Akers, another good draft pick, gets hurt. They get him for a fifth and a sixth, conditional picks. Uh, and then over the years, they've been involved in trades for Marcus Peters, Aqib Tlaib. They traded Robert Quinn away. They hate drafting. Brandon Cooks, Dante Fowler. Uh, they got Kenny Young and then sent him away. Like they, they, yeah. they almost work like a baseball team. That's like, exactly what I was thinking. It's like trade deadline. Let's go try and make a run at this thing. Sort of baseball dealing, wheeling and dealing. So I'm curious. This is just what what my brain goes to. Do you think they're willing to do that because of their confidence that they're going to be a contender and that those picks will be around later? Like you're saying, yeah. Or is the NFL overvaluing unspent draft picks and the Rams are taking advantage of it? And I've talked to you about this. Well, and I think the answer to, like, it's weird because the answer to everything is yes, which is why I love this format as opposed to, like, I'm going to hit you with 17 hard opinions because, like, the Rams, I don't think it's true that they don't value the draft. They realize. No, they admit it. They don't well, like the draft. <laughs> they don't. They realize that their chosen strategy is that we think our first round picks yeah. are better used in acquiring surefire known players, superstars. known players. Yeah, and some teams don't, but they know the value of the draft because they do accumulate mid and late round. Like they want to pick. Yeah, they want to fill up their roster with young, affordable talent. So everybody has different ways they do it. So I think, yes, it's true that most teams overvalue draft picks in general. Like the Cowboys should have been at the front of the line when the Chiefs traded for Melvin Ingram at the trade deadline. Yeah. If you've got a guy who could be like a rental player who somebody's going to sign him next year, you might get a comp pick back. And you could do that for a mid to late round pick. The value of a mid to late round pick most of the time is near zero. Now, the value of having a bunch of them is you get more shots at it. 
And if you get more shots at it, you'll stumble into some good young contributors. So overall, yes, I think the league values their draft picks too much. And the the maybe the most impressive part is like the Rams have been making a habit of not picking until day two and sometimes even day three on the regular. This year, their first pick's not till the third round. They're going to get some comp picks um, for an executive that they that left for uh, Detroit as well as some late round guys. But like just. Listen to this. Like, they've done some solid work just drafting in those money rounds, whether you want to talk about a John Johnson, a Josh Reynolds, a Tyler Higby in yeah. the fourth round. Look at the number of picks. Last yeah. year, like the team that, quote, doesn't draft because mm-hmm. they're willing to trade first-rounders, 2021, they picked nine players. 2020, yep. they yep. picked nine players. 2019, they picked eight players. The year before that, they picked 10 or 11 players. And they, they're they they're the, in the draft. They do this out of desperation. That, is that it general, desperation? Yeah, though? it is. It really is. I, I've talked to the general manager. I know Les Snead. Yeah. Les was in a, in a, a oh, mode. I know. You oh, tipped the Todd Gurley pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's when you know the general manager. That's how you get that stuff. The general manager there, though, you, when you feel like that your job is not safe, when you feel like that there's things about it. And again, it, I, to me, I, I feel like, though, when you look at these teams and when they make moves – they make moves and then they start to work. And it's like, but it's a lot of it out of desperation. It's somebody else's problem. If Les Snead, if that team had not had success and they move on from a general manager and all those picks are gone, that's somebody else's problem. Sure. But I have got to find a way to quickly turn things around or I'm going to lose my job. Les admitted that. I mean, he he knew. He knew that potentially before Sean McVay became walking through that door. It, that he was going to have to do something big. And I'll tell you another thing they're better at than everybody else. Uh, they know their team. Teams that sure don't that know their team aren't willing to trade their quarterback that they drafted, yeah. that they gave all that capital to. And Two-time it's, Pro Bowler. It's not just Jared Goff either. Like, they've been willing to get – they, they got rid of they Robert know. Quinn, who still has gas. They the know. Tank. They know. And see, that's the, that's the biggest – Jared spending more Pro Bowls than Matt Stafford. That's the Thank thing about that. it is, though. They know their team, and they know how their team works. You know, and, and, and to me, it's desperation and knowing your team. I think I, I get your point, especially moving to L.A., building this billion, you know, multi-billion dollar stadium 2016-2017. But like in the time since Sean McVay got there, they've only missed the playoffs once. They've been yeah. to the Super Bowl twice. Like yeah. That doesn't sound like desperation to me. That just sounds like they've hit it on started, a formula it, that's working It for started them. off as the desperation, yeah. and then desperation showed that it could actually work. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think as a general manager— this is this is the one trade I would want to have. I would want to be desperate every single time. I would want to be desperate knowing that my job is on the line every single day. You know why? Because that would make me a better general manager. That would make me go and try and trade for Ramsey or try and trade for Stafford or try and do this or try and do that. Because the minute you lose that desperation and you feel comfortable with it, you get lazy. Your team just turns into what it is. And I think that's with the Rams. They're not willing to sit there and let their team just turn into what it is. You know, that guy's willing to move and make moves. And I think that's a great trait to have. That's really one of the things that kind of when you were talking about desperation early on that sets this situation apart from other desperate situations is if you are a general manager and you're making these rosters, you're putting this all together, sure, you you can kind of kick the can down the road a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. 
the Rams aren't kicking the can down the road just a tad bit. They're kicking it all the way down the yeah. road. Somebody They're, else's problem if it doesn't it work. It's way down the road. It to, worked, it, so. That's what I'm and saying. It's, and, point. Yeah. it's because they figured out along the way yeah. that it works. It, it works as a, a factor of maybe, hey, the league is overvaluing these draft picks. Instead of looking in the fourth round for a guy who can start at your right guard spot, let's go trade and go get a guy like Austin, Austin Corbett, who's an automatic starter and had played well for you throughout the season. Let's go get a Sony Michelle who can step in whenever Cam Akers is out just because, hey, we don't have another guy that we feel comfortable in. Once again, knowing your team, knowing the state of the rest of the league, too. They knew they could go out and get Matt Stafford for Jared Goff and go make something happen because Matt Stafford is a special quarterback. Jared Goff, maybe not so much, despite some of the success he had already had. It's it's a better it's a better it's a better plan to to trade for Jalen Ramsey than it is to draft Mo Claiborne. Right, <laughs> that's so mm. true. That's it's a better plan. Yeah. You you know what Jalen Ramsey is. But see, I think the Rams are one of the few teams that has come to that realization. Yeah, is that. They know players this, better than you. This guy that's four years into his career is a better bet than. Yeah. It's almost like letting your overall yeah. pick. letting your coworkers do the rest did. of the job. Look what Von Miller did for them in yep. the playoffs. I want to. I want to be sack clear, every though, game. I don't think two sacks. I don't think it's realistic for most teams to be doing deals like that on the reg. And I honestly, I don't think I would want the Cowboys to like. They have proven that they're good enough with their first-round picks. What day is that parade in L.A.? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. But, but no, I do. I do think. I I think there, a balance needs to be struck, and this is for the whole league. I, I okay. So I think when you do the like, what could you learn from the Super Bowl teams for the Cowboys? I think the answer is almost nothing. Like the Rams have chosen this route, and we yeah. know what this route is. And if you want them to be more aggressive, that's fair. But every team is dependent on where are you in your cycle of who's on your team. Like your if coach. you are the Cowboys, for yeah. instance, right now, just today, they have seven very highly paid veterans that most of them you can't release. And if you did, you wouldn't save much and it might end up hurting being a regret you in the long on run. You, right? Yeah. So like for the Rams, when you're making those moves, you had the ability to pay those guys. You didn't have a highly paid quarterback. You didn't have a list of seven guys making double-digit million dollars every year. So, like, it's all about where are you in your cycle. And the Cowboys do choose, for the most part, they to stay chose in the same this path. spot. Yeah, they chose this path. They choose kind of the same yeah. cycle. Um, it would be different if it's, you had decided when contracts were up that I'm not paying Zeke, I'm not paying Lyle Collins, that there's a level of player I'm not going to pay, then you could go chase somebody else's. They're not in a spot where they can do that because they've chosen that Lyle Collins, Ezekiel Elliott, Jalen Smith, all of the guys who are 10 to 18 to $20 million players, they chose that you deserve this salary, which takes you out of those runnings. See, I get, that's, that's what I mean when I say balance, though. Like, I, I go back to it all the time. I'm sorry if I'm a broken record, but like the trade that they pulled off for Robert Quinn a few years ago. That's the type of thing that I'm talking about. Me too. And I the, love that. The Rams have done plenty of those types of deals, like to get their starting center for a fifth-round pick. Yep. How about getting two years out of Dante Fowler for a third and a fifth? The Cowboys sent what? I think it was a fifth and a seventh to the Dolphins for Quinn. Yeah. He comes in and has 12 sacks, and he didn't stay here long, but that's not Nobody the point. got you back better yeah. than a fifth. Right. Yeah. That's my point. Because <laughs> he played well and got paid. And yep. that's what, like, I don't want the Cowboys dealing all of these valuable assets away, and also I don't think they ever would, just to be blunt about it. But I do. I think there's more 
that you can do to bring talent onto your roster than to just say, well, these are our eight picks this year, well, you're and we're going to try to nail them. So we are. We're comfortable here. You've got the Rams on one side of this spectrum of, hey, we're going to not value the draft the same way. We're going to try and acquisi- or, uh, acquire players from the rest of the league. And then that's a shorter cycle. It's it's going to be three or four years. You're going to be fine. It, you, you'll have a legitimate window to go win. Cowboys are on the complete opposite end of that spectrum. And the fact that we value the draft, we're going to keep our guys around, we're going to make sure we build from within. And that's a longer cycle. It's an eight or nine year window, but it's not as volatile as what the Rams could do in the fact that they can actually win a Super Bowl. And I almost forgot the reason I was saying that I don't think you can learn a ton from either one is because regardless of the way that they did it, and they get credit because you won playoff games, you went to the Super Bowl. Sure. The Rams were the four seed, the Bengals were the four seed. Neither one of these teams was the best team in football. Mm. If you run back the postseason and just say, hey, guys, we're going to try again, it's very likely neither one plays in the Super Bowl. Yeah. You just won the games. Yeah. Winning games in tiny sample sizes and then using that as a we must build like them is probably a fool's errand because the Bengals would not run that again. The Rams, no. <laughs> on top of probably not running that again, one of the teams they sent home beat them on their own turf to get into the playoffs in the last and, week of the season. And should have beaten. I mean, they're a dropped open pick by Jaquiski Tart away from losing that And game. so winning the Super Bowl is very, very hard. And so whoever does it immediately saying, I need to be like them, is probably a bad idea because guess what? They ain't going back. I completely. Well, I, yeah, but is it better than that. you just? I'll give you there? odds. Neither one of those teams is in the Super Bowl next year. Well, yeah, I mean, would you, you take that chance that though anyway. if you knew it could get you a Super Bowl? If you as knew, opposed to yes. what you're doing right now for the last 26 if you years, knew, absolutely. Yes. But yeah. that's the problem. You See that? Know. Okay, that's the problem I have. Then if you're a fan if of this, Jaquaski fo- catches the ball. Sure, they didn't. Sure, but but then again, you're looking at 26 years of here of not having the, even even a chance at it. I mean, you look at you know the way that you've done things, and trust me, through the 26 years, I was part of the some of the bad crap that was going on here. You know, yeah. but to me, I, I think that you sit there and if you I- expect the same things, then you get what you get. And Which, that's you know, and if, if building a team is great, and everybody can say, "Oh, this is a really talented roster," and then you sit home every year when it comes Super Bowl time. And what, that's, what, and what, that's, what good is that? And I think that's why a lot of Cowboy fans are probably frustrated because it feels like you're the one team who has never been able to go on the run, and there is no identifying reason of why. Romo had two teams that were probably good enough to go to the Super Bowl. They were absolutely good Dax enough. had probably two teams yep. that were good enough to go to the Super Bowl, and yet everybody else who gives themselves that many chances in the postseason finds a way to advance more than the Cowboys have. And that's, that's my overall point. You're absolutely right. I remember the whole league chased... Seattle's model for like five years and it was like oh it turns out it's really hard to draft three Hall of Fame defenders <laughs> and a quarterback who's good enough to start at the same and time. two of them on day three I believe. Right. So I get that but we're not just talking about the Rams winning this Super Bowl they've been a mainstay in the playoffs for five years at this point. Been to su- you've been to two way. Super Bowls in the last five years I right? Sean McVay helps them too. I just think that that I think is true. And it's not necessarily a Cowboys thing I, I that's a trend that I can't wait to watch is I just I wonder if we're going to see a change in the way teams cling to these draft picks that they can't be touched because that was the attitude for so long. So I, again, Cowboys I, gave up a one, one time. 
They needed a, re- a wide receiver. Well, he gave up actually gave up he, one. he gave up two ones for Joey Galloway. He gave up a one and a three and a five for I Roy like, Williams. These are these are lifetime ago moves. But this well, iteration but, gave but, up. But a he one is when the general manager. To, it, yeah. it it, it no, shows it, it the point. The, gen- the gen- yeah, the general manager has done this before. It goes on the. Resume. I do think the general manager is desperate. I don't think there's people around him that are desperate enough. That's mm-hmm. my problem. That is my problem. I right think there. the Cowboys do a lot of the things people are yelling at them to do, and they don't realize it. Where it's like, because I hear a lot of people like, go all in, move all the money back, keep everybody, do that. And it's like, well, they're here because they actually already do. Yeah. Every highly paid player on this team that's not named Dak is on the cap this year for significantly more than they get would per you, year. Yeah. They've already done it. Yeah. Yeah. Would, you say, would you say then they've misevaluated their team of who to pay? And has some of the and some well, of yes, the of and some of the contract extensions been because of they're not moving quick enough. Yeah, some yes. of the problems. I there. would go yes. after this front office and say, for a team that talks about wanting to win deals, yeah, you get destroyed in every negotiation. Tank destroyed you. Zeke destroyed you. Dak destroyed you. For a team because they want it to be their deal, and then they wait until it's too late to get their deal, and it's like crap. Whatever he wants. Going yep. back, going back to the line about being a baseball team, I'm not sure they're ruthless enough when it comes to just bottom line, like getting rid of a guy a year too soon instead of too late, not caving on negotiations, that type of stuff. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Anyway, so now that we've gotten all that frustration out from the Super Bowl, <laughs> we and we've cut into Twitter on the twenty, so we'll make this quick. We'll be Whoopsie. right. We'll be right back to answer your questions Skyboard. in the second segment. At Smoothie King, we are blending goodness to fuel your greatness. Every blend is crafted to help you achieve your health and fitness goals. Smoothie King uses only whole fruits and organic veggies. You'll never find sugary syrups or artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. And unlike some other smoothie places, there are zero grams of added sugar in many of our blends. Smoothie King is proud to be the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Place your order in the app or online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Football season is almost over, and that means tax season is here. With it comes Taxiety. Filing taxes can be stressful if you choose the wrong partner. Don't let Taxiety take over this tax season. Liberty Tax will help you get your largest possible refund or your money back. With more than 12,000 tax professionals nationwide, help is always around the corner. Check out Liberty Tax, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Schedule an appointment today at libertytax.com slash cowboys. Liberty Tax, a brighter way to do taxes. Hey, Cowboys. Cowboys fans, if you're thinking about attending a game this season, visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Stay at the team hotel, have dinner with a Cowboys legend, and experience AT&T Stadium's exclusive VIP Owners Club. Also, tour the star, get autographs from your favorite players, and talk X's and O's with me, Mickey Spagnola. The official travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys will take care of all your travel needs. Visit CowboysTravel.com. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Welcome back to the Draft Show presented by Miller Lite. 
I'm just going to jump right into it, guys, because we, we we went long on the first segment. Yeah. So it's time for Twitter on the 20. Jazz, you don't have to hit the sound. You're you're new here. Twitter, Twitter there on the 2020. Uh, all right. Oh, actually, this question's from Jeff. That's perfect. And Wait, it's, me? It's a wide receiver question. <laughs> I did so. not ask a question. This will work. Well, In a crazy C.D. Lamb-esque scenario where Garrett Wilson and Traylon Burks are both available to you, who do you prefer? Garrett Wilson. Yeah. Wilson. Um, I mean, y'all all and agree that he's easy. the best in the class. He's my only. He's better than Burks. He's my only first round wide receiver. And wow. by first round, I mean the rest of them. I gave the cheater grade to. I like to cheat. Coward. Like a late third, like yeah. a late first. Yeah, or? I gave him a one-two, which yeah. is just my way of delineating when I'm looking at my own board. You, like, you can do it however you want. You it's learn just, that from Dane. It, it's how I draw a line of this group. I would pick first, and then let's go down to this group. Um, but is your sky guy? Is he the top of the right below the <laughs> Garrett one two? Wilson sky is, guy? Garrett Wilson is number one at Ohio State. Traylon Burks is number two. Now, disclaimer: I still have not seen Drake L- London. London, not yeah, Jackson. I watched I still him yesterday. Seen, okay, yeah. I still haven't seen Drake London. But Garrett Wilson is in my first one. Then Traylon Burks at Arkansas. Then Jamison Williams. Then Sky Moore. Okay, that's my top four yep. wide receivers. Wilson separates, and separation is king. Burks is going to be hellified, ball in the air, screen game. You could gadget him. Uh, He'll be really, really good. But Garrett Wilson, I love. And the one thing about Wilson, you were talking earlier about Cooper Cup and that first step, like trying to have that first defender take him down. It's not happening against Garrett Wilson. I think he's shifty enough to get around defenders. He's he's going to be good at all three levels. He's got that deep threat ability. He still has a chance to catch in traffic because he is a decent size. I mean, six foot. That's a good size for a receiver. So. I like him over Burks because I think he can do more. I think you can use him in Burks a number of different ways. Burks comes with more risk. I agree. Like he doesn't Wilson's run a whole a lot of routes at Arkansas. No. He's yeah. kind of flat routes and screen game. And he's got a field. really bad quarterback and he makes catches, so that For kind sure. of impresses me. Yeah, a little he bit. goes and gets it. Really yep. bad quarterback beat LSU. Unfortunately, See, Drake London at USC. Watching him yesterday, I mean, the guy can catch. In traffic, he can catch downfield. He has a bit of separation at the top of his routes, but not as much as you would really want because he's so big. He's just a big-bodied receiver, great on the outside. He can be used. Mike Williams? Mm, yeah, I'm just actually, asking. I, call, I, I, I called him. I called him Adam Thielen, who so I called him. We I know, thought he was. A, I thought he was a bigger, bigger Adam, Adam Thielen. Thielen. Yeah, okay. that's yeah. what I said. Yeah, I'm going to ask Brian this question because he got here first, and we talked about it. If either of y'all have watched him, feel free to chime in. GC wants to know about Andrew Booth, the Clemson cornerback. Yeah, I, I think there's uh, the, what's interesting is about him with Booth is they don't throw the ball at him very much. I mean, when you watch him play, you really have to struggle to find them like uh, trying to attack him because he he's he's got all the skills that you want. the 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 coaches usually man, usually use him on the outside in man coverage, but you know that's. That's where I kind of feel like that he could be his best. With Clemson, you do see a little bit of zone with him, but he just doesn't get many opportunities to get challenged. And you know, but the the movement looked good. He was flexible to bend his back pedal with the quickness, the drive, the redirection. You know, they threw a screen his direction the one time. He was able to rally and get there and make the play. I, I saw a guy that you know has all the things that you want. But I think he is a 50-50 tackler at best. I, I really, really do. I've seen him wrap up, but I've also seen him whiff really badly, too. And I just don't feel like there's any uh, issues with the athletic stuff. 
We'll see about the toughness side of it. But, man, the guy does have a burst, and uh, he does make some plays when he gets the opportunity. If, if you're open to the Cowboys picking a corner in the first round, then I think you need to know Andrew Booth because I think that's about where he goes. I, I think, think he's a guy that gets picked in the This 20s, is a name – I don't think we've said his name on this show, no. and it feel, feels like an oversight at this point. I think he is a full-size corner that is very well-rounded with one exception, and Brian named it for you. Uh, he's an out-of-control tackler. Like, yeah. he's a run-forward, dive-lunge. Like, he'll throw his body at you, but he's not breaking down, and he's not a good tackler. But man, zone, movement skills, catch point, Andrew Boots a player. He's good. So great in coverage, poor tackler. Where would that nick him for your grades? Like, where would that set him? And I think, the, I him... think, the, yeah, I think the, I think the movement skills and the ability to play the ball. And again, I always evaluate corners that could take routes inside because I think that's the most difficult thing. This guy has no problem doing that. I, I would like to say Jeff's right. If you take him at twenty four, I don't think that's a problem. The tackling is an issue, but then again, there's people who'll say his job is to to cover, not to tackle. Yeah, you do have to tackle. But I kind of feel like, though, if it, where I where I put him is, my my thought was more about him at the top of the second round than he was the first. But then again, that's outside my range of the twenty guys that I have first round grades on. So he's in that in that mix of. 22, 23, 24 area for me. A lot of people have him as like a top ten pick. He, lot, the, skill, the skill, yet, the so skill, the skills there. I mean, you, you, it's it's because he has that blend. He has yeah. a blend of he's full size. Yeah. Yeah. He can play man or zone. Um, I won't say he's not physical. He's a bad tackler. He's a bad yeah. tackler. Yeah. Um, and so when I you're call a guy it who's 50, 50, yeah. yeah, so if you're a guy who's six foot two hundred. And you're a blend of all these things. Like Sauce Gardner's a giant who's yeah. super physical, will blow up your screen game. Like he's not physical like Sauce. Yeah. He's not as sticky as somebody like Derek Stingley or Trent McDuffie yeah. at Washington. He's just good. Yeah. He's good <laughs> at all of it. Glad you brought up Stingley. I love this phrase. I love the phrasing from Big Squeak. Love the name too. He says, he doesn't just want to know about Derek Stingley. He says, help me understand Stingley. And I think that's a good point because most people agree he's like a top five talent in this class. But then you hear a lot of people complain about his recent tape, about not having played a lot, and maybe he could slide. And, uh, it, yeah, I think it's a guy it's worth trying to get a handle on on where you think he is in this class. I have Gardner over him from Cincinnati. I think there's some questions about his health when he plays. He tends to play and then get hurt. I think that's a concern right now. But when you watch him play, he can cover from all levels. You, you put him up, you put him back. You know, he can run with anybody, the body control, the balance. He's, uh, you know, there's times when you see him finish, too. I mean, you see him like the ball will be there and he's able to knock it down. He's in position. I, he'll even taunt. I've said this before about this guy. Like, someone will run routes on him, and the ball will be not going that guy's direction, and he'll still be in position, broke down like, bro, you ain't getting the ball. I'm still here. You know, and it's almost like he plays with that swagger about him, but the athletic ability, the quickness, the burst, all that's there. I would be concerned about his overall health as a player. I, I think for Stingley, the reason that I would still have him rated so high. Uh, as potentially a top 10, 12 pick is because on some levels at corner, it's as simple as like that guy's going to run somewhere and you have to chase him. 
can he get away from you? And with Stingley, even as an 18-year-old playing against 22-year-olds in the SEC, the answer was not even an inch. Yeah. And so like, that much ability, mm-hmm. it goes high. The ceiling is, absolutely. The ceiling is dizzying when you, he's not. He's not even 21 yet, and he's what he he played a full season as a true freshman, had both of his seasons cut short, injury, COVID stuff. The scheme didn't do him any favors in 2020, um, but when you talk like what he's been able to do to this point in his career, if he's healthy and and locked in and, and committed, yeah, it's see a, that's I mean, the it's question. A crazy high. How ceiling. committed do you think he really is? I trust that he. I I trust that he will be. Yeah. in the pros, it, it, it's hard. But, it's hard to blame guys in the COVID world. I mean, did Chase and Parsons and and or in the free labor world of college football? Fair. Once your stock is established, if yeah. you decide Stingley wasn't a COVID opt out the way that Chase and Parsons were, but if those guys can opt out and come in and take over the league, I completely trust that Derek Stingley yeah. can recommit himself. I I also I don't blame people for having questions about that though. Yeah, I don't blame people for well, that. Well, when you look up prototypical cornerback in the dictionary and. Stingley could pop up as the picture because he has that high ceiling. He has that coverage ability, the rare athleticism, the prototypical build for a corner. And then one thing that I think is extremely rare of his tape is his ball skills. The way he's able to catch it almost like a wide receiver. Good punt returner. You could use him on special teams if you really wanted to. The ceiling is what you would draft him for at 10 to 12. I know that's what Jeff said a little bit early on. 10 to 12, if that's where you wanted to take him, you're putting him in the conversation of a J.C. Horn and a Patrick Sertan from last year. I would put him third on the list with those two guys. Out of all three of them together, I'd put him a solid third. But I don't have necessarily as many doubts on the fact that he could come in and play an NFL high caliber of football. It's just can he do it consistently? That's my biggest pause. I think the thing, too, about with with, with Stingley that you kind of have to know about him is that, to me, well, I was watching – if you watch Pickens from Georgia, George Pickens, yeah, a couple years ago, it was a really good matchup. Pickens did some good things against Stingley. Matter of fact, Pickens did some things against him, the Auburn corner. Pickens you can is kind really of, good. Yeah, yeah, you kind of watch if you want to go back and you could find those games. Go back and watch how Pickens played against those guys and had success. Mm. So to me, I, I mean, I think I agree with that. What everybody's saying about Stingley again. I'm, let's see how. I I think he'll be committed. I do worry about his health. I just think there's sometimes he's one of those guys that reminds me almost like a track athlete that he almost has to be perfect for him to perform. Conditions, and I mean conditions, body conditions almost have to be perfect for him to perform. Amit says we've talked plenty about Nakobe Dean, but what about his Georgia teammate Channing Tindall? Hmm. Tindall, have you seen Tindall? Uh uh-uh. uh. You have not watched him. I have. I have only seen him. Um, he was at the Senior Bowl, though. Getting right? ready for Bama and Georgia, I kept writing down other Georgia linebacker names, and I was like, he also can fly yeah. and hit. And yeah. I wrote that about like three different dudes. Jeff is absolutely right. <laughs> Channing Tindall is yeah. He, Done. You did. Run you did, fast you, tackle. You did a great job. I said that in the second line, best trait is his ability to run. There's snaps where you see him carrying receivers and maintains positions. He also does a really good job when the ball goes wide and he can run it down. He can cover a lot of ground. Feel like he's a better player when it's attacking things straight ahead. But I don't know uh, uh, if it's his length or how the pads sit on his shoulders. But not sure how well he can really turn. He looks a little tight to me 
And there, so there might be a little stiffness into his game to that point when it comes to really having to turn. But everything downhill, he's a physical tackler, as all the Georgia linebackers are. They come with a purpose. They wrap you up. It, he's used as a blitzer. He attacks hard. Uh, you know, but I think he needs to have a little bit better plan when it comes to rushing. So I, I just kind of like I like him uh, in that uh, in that mode. I'm going to tell you exactly where I put him, but Jeff's right about him on the uh, the running aspect of things. I put him in the third round on my board. It's kind of difficult because I've found notes I made getting ready for the national title game. You will consistently see Nicobe Dean, who's standing next to him, be gone. And going to make a play. Yeah. And Channing Tindall hadn't figured out where he's going to go yet. And part of that is that N'Kobe Dean is like a supercomputer. And part of that you wonder is like, okay, our, our are reactions and our instincts, slow. Yeah. how are we yeah. processing yeah. here? But pff, dude can fly and dude can tackle. Yeah. You uh, also got, you also have. Quay Walker yep. in that mix as well. One. That's like another. I haven't you watched have, him yet, but everybody talks about him. Like Daniel Jeremiah, I think, has him in the top 50 on he his He can yeah. run and fly and hit. Okay. <laughs> yep. Kind of like those other Georgia linebackers, right? <laughs> I, I can only like focus. have something in common. I always focus. I can only. And the, the, the scouts here used to get on me about I go because they were like, how do you not just watch four guys at once? I'm oh. like, I can only watch one. It's not one. possible. You watch two. Because with the all twenty-two, you could yep. watch the wide view if you're watching a corner. Yeah. Then when they go to the inside, you could watch a deep I've tackle. Done I've, I've done, done that. I've done that. I've done that with offensive linemen before. If a guy's on the other side, I kind of just take a peek at the corners doing something. I'm like, I watch the corner, and then I watch the I'll, like the the I'll, tackle. I'll give him some love. Our guy, our guy Drew Fabianich, national scout yeah. here for the Cowboys. He would come into. Uh, oh, he would rail we, us. We about don't that. we don't see him as often because of COVID, but he would come in. And just laugh at us watching like one guy at a time. He's yeah. like, you, "You're supposed to be able to do six of these guys at once." I nope. was like, "That's why you get paid to yeah. do this." And I, I, do I, it. I told that's why it. I do it for fun. Take your candy and go on. Leave me alone. Yeah, yep. that's why Brian kept the candy jar yeah. stocked. Um, Paul wants to know bigger need to upgrade. If you had your choice in a perfect world again, whatever storyline you want to imagine, you have a chance to dramatically upgrade center or guard, left guard. <sighs> what would you rather? What would you rather? I guess guard because it's empty. Yeah, I'd probably say guard there too. Okay, even knowing center, I'm not dying right now. Just for the fun of it, you can address that position later. Tackle. No, that's not the question. Tackle. I'm moving Collins <laughs> to guard. Ah, okay, well, you did say um, that. And then maybe you could pick your center then if you wanted to. If you're telling me that I'm going to dramatically upgrade one and the other one in some way, shape, or form is going to be passable, give me the center. I would rather have a great center than one guard. At least you feel good about the whole right side of your yeah. offensive line at that point. I think I think I agree, and it just goes – you used to say it all the time when Frederick played here, yeah. just the ability to cut a defense in half. That's mm-hmm. that's key. When they're running the ball, the way the teams run the ball nowadays, you have to cut the defense in half. If you told me I could Another have an – will do it. If yeah. you told me I could have an all-pro center, Connor McGovern would be fine with an all-pro center playing next to him, I think. Mm. I said fine, not great. I, I will take Lindebaum if you tell me that Collins can play guard. Okay. And I like Lindebaum a lot. I really, really do. Yeah. I, I'll tell you this. The, the thing that the question I have, and I need this, I need to ask my gang of seven about this. That's how you know you do, he doesn't like him. No, no, no. Because <laughs> every time it's like, no, I like him, but let me tell you something. No, no, let me ask somebody else Let me ask you guys. because you guys 292 his whole no, no, life. You, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He's in, he's in Iowa. He's 292. Mm-hmm. Big 10 weight program. Mm-hmm. Is he going to gain weight? I don't know. We'll be okay. 
Yeah, but if he's, he's if he's kicking ass against the Ohio States, Michigans, and Wisconsin's of the world, I mean, he's not the number one prospect in the draft because he's not an inch or two taller and ten pounds heavier. Okay, then why is there such a disparity of where this guy could be picked? I think there's too. I think there's questions. Because I think it's because center, you're asking the right question. Well, is he going to gain weight in a draft? It's rare that a center goes before the late teens, but he's so good that maybe he will. And yeah. some they teams said that Creed gonna, Humphrey should have gone in the first round. Let's be agreed. honest. Absolutely. Let's be honest. We know that point. now. <laughs> some teams are going to look at that at that same question you asked, yeah. and it's going to be a bigger factor to them yeah. than other teams. Other teams are going to look at it and say, you know what? Even if he doesn't gain weight, oh, well, no. he's still a badass. We're, we're going to we see. Jeff's not wrong about the player. We see the athletic ability, the ability to tie people up. That yeah. they'll they'll send you the. I had guys on Twitter this morning send me the video of him wrestling. You know, oh, Tristan Wirfs. Now, he also, people keep spreading that one around. Wirfs did beat him two out of three times when they wrestled, apparently. Yeah. yeah but everybody well, keeps Tristan Wirfs is like the, one of the best okay, linemen in the world. But everybody keeps sharing. Right That's I know. Okay. Oh, no, I got but that shared to me this morning. Everybody keeps sharing, like, hey, Linderbaum whooped Wirfs in the whatever. But, and I'm like, well, technically, hey, he, did, just, he did beat him. The fact I just he, got, know. he got a rep is fine. He got I, it. I just want to know, is this guy always going to be 292? That's what I want to know. If he is, what does that do to you? I don't know. Yeah, what if I say yes? Yes, he's always going to be 292. Then I know what I know. Then I'm, I have to play him probably a certain way. I know mm-hmm. that I know that maybe some of the scheme things that I might want to do with him having to play against power players that I might have to give him a little bit more help than normal. That's all I'm saying. I just I just have I just know. If okay. he's two ninety two forever, you okay at twenty four? Who else is on the board? Of course. See now, give Green's me give me, off no, the board. give me a choice. Give me a choice. I got, you, I got, you, I got choice. you. I got you. Give me a choice. Offensive linemen who are gone are Neil Iquanu Cross. Green. Kenyon Green, yep. Green's uh, gone. Zion Johnson's yes. gone. I'm going to take away a good guard. That's uh, a lot. Okay, of let me guys. ask you this. That's a lot of guys. Let me ask you this. Gone. Let me that's, ask you this. That's though. realistic. It, it is. You're right. I would okay, you can have Zion Johnson if you would. Would you rather have? I would take Linderbaum over Johnson. Okay. Um, would you take Linderbaum over Jermaine Johnson? Yes. Edge rusher. Yes. Oh, not Dean. What not not Dean. Dean. Not Dean or Lloyd. Dean I is would, where you draw the line. Dean and Lloyd, I would draw the line. Okay, so you would take Dean and Lloyd, but we're not going to find twenty-three guys you would take over him. No, I, I mean, but, but that's 20. what I'm saying. I just, I just have to know. I just have to know. I have to be committed to this player, Daxton Hill, Ooh, Michigan, Michigan safety. safety. I thought Dallas would take Daxton Hill. I've said this before. Mm. Over Davis. Linderbaum. No, no, no. Oh, I thought that Dallas when they, I thought Linderbaum would be gone. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Jordan I, Davis. Yes, I would oh, take him over Jordan Davis. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I Any would. of the wide receivers. Uh, maybe not the Ohio State uh, Wilson. No, not Wilson or Williams. No. Okay, okay. so you're still good at 24. Look, there's a lot of ways we can beef an O lineman up in Texas. Like you got Whataburger. There's a barbecue <laughs> restaurant on every corner. Sure, there is. There are different Tex-Mex just, everywhere. Just know, just know, this guy is probably going to be 292 his whole career, and that's okay. And if it's Travis Kelsey or excuse me, uh, Jason. Jason, Jason Kelsey. Kelsey, if it's Jason Kelsey, and that's the guy you get. Hey, by all means, I'm just I'm saying these are the things you need to know. He, yep. It's not like he goes to school at Hobart and has a terrible weight program. You know, he's going he goes to a Big Ten school that has a really good weight program. Now, the strength coach is a little crazy or Was. questionable from back in the day. Was. But that's kind of what you're dealing with. Just know that's going to probably be your guy. Okay. Good to know. Uh, we got to six today. We're, get, we're climbing higher every time. We're getting better at this. Uh, actually... One of you uh, got a question. Nice nice name, by the way, from David. It's going to lead into our third segment. We will tackle that when we get back.
Football season is almost over, and that means tax season is here. With it comes Taxiety. Filing taxes can be stressful if you choose the wrong partner. Don't let Taxiety take over this tax season. Liberty Tax will help you get your largest possible refund or your money back. With more than 12,000 tax professionals nationwide, help is always around the corner. Check out Liberty Tax, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Schedule an appointment today at libertytax.com slash cowboys. Liberty Tax, a brighter way to do taxes. Hey, Cowboys. Cowboys fans, if you're thinking about attending a game this season, visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Stay at the team hotel, have dinner with a Cowboys legend, and experience AT&T Stadium's exclusive VIP Owners Club. Also, tour the star, get autographs from your favorite players, and talk X's and O's with me, Mickey Spagnola. The official travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys will take care of all your travel needs. Visit CowboysTravel.com. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite in 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. This is Chad Hennings, former cowboy and proud veteran of the United States Air Force. When my fellow military veterans choose VA, they receive life-changing benefits from the Department of Veterans Affairs. If you are a veteran, you may be eligible for health care, education, and training benefits, a home loan guarantee, housing assistance, and more. Choose VA for the benefits you've earned. Visit choose.va.gov to learn more. That's choose.va.gov. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Welcome back to the final segment of the Draft Show. I am Dave. Actually, this isn't, this is, it's not really a discussion, but somebody did ask about comp picks. I think the Cowboys are going to be in line for one this year Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Terrell Basham probably offsets at least one of the guys you lost. And then Andy Dalton probably nets you like a five, if I had to guess. So just file that away. I looked it up, and I believe that to be right. I so was researching. Somebody actually, I love this. Somebody asked me about the comp picks they can expect in 23, which I just, I love. People are always willing to just go down the road. Uh, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm comp pick God. What do we got? I, it's going to be good. We're going to have some good ones. I was going to say, you'd probably have like four. I would assume they'll get three or four next yeah. year, depending on who. I mean, Dalton Schultz likely gets you one. Whichever receivers wind up leaving probably get you one. And those are going to be high draft picks. Uh, Connor Ryan. Williams might get you one. Connor Williams could get you one. Connor Williams is going to get some money. Like, get, yeah, he'll get six, seven million a year, maybe well, eight. Yeah, Young, Curse, maybe. Yeah, Jaron Curse. So file that away, but I think it's it's only going to be one this year would be my guess. Randy Gregory? Don't say that. We're not letting Randy go. Uh, but what I, I like wanted that. to get into was a question, like I said, from David. And this is what we were going to talk about anyway. He wants to know what position of need for the Cowboys looks to be the thinnest to you right now. And I just kind of want to have a conversation about how you feel about the strong points and weak points of this class from what you've seen so far. Just from an outsider's perspective. i got to be honest. Um, I don't think that the draft is top-heavy. Well, we've talked about that. But I don't have a position so far that I'm watching where I don't see options that can help you in the second, third round. 
Like, I can find you tight ends I like. I can find you offensive linemen I like, wide receivers I like, edge guys, D tackles. I haven't seen enough linebackers, but it Could, seems that way Do you way have too. Wyatt a first, as a first-round grade? Uh, no. I have no first-round D tackles. Okay, so see, see, that's what I'm saying, though. I think – Got a bunch of twos. To me, if you – if you the, the thing, if you're really interested in a center, then you need to draft Linda Baum at, at 24. If you if you need a tight end, that's probably more probably a third round there. Mm-hmm. Unless I don't think they would. Weidermeyer, I don't know from Texas A and M if he ends up in the first round. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have a first round tight end myself. You know, depending on what you want to do with Dalton Schultz, I think there's some I think there's some good ones though. I think Otten at Washington's good. Rucker uh, at uh, at Ohio State, McBride at Colorado State, I think are all pretty good options there. Um, I'm kind of thinking about, like Jeff was talking about, the defensive tackle stuff. I don't think is initially very good. I don't have a first-round defensive tackle, but I would look at Wyatt. I would look at um, Mathis uh, from uh, from Oklahoma. Bama. Bama. Yeah, Winfrey's. Winfrey's, Oklahoma. Was, yeah, Oklahoma. Uh, Logan Hall was a guy that was kind of interesting to me at Houston, but that was all kind of second-round guys. You know, I, the, the safety thing stretches pretty good for you. I think the corner stretch is pretty good. You know, we'll see about the you know unless you get one of these linebackers. I have Clark and, and Chris Harris as my two kind of second round inside linebacker guys, and we talked about Tyndale from Georgia. So I mean, where they where they where they need players, I don't think is terribly bad other than the center. If you had to get into the yeah. second or third round, what about edge rusher? Just I mean, it's it's deep. That thing's deep. Yeah. It's yeah. deep, but also kind of risky, right? It's kind of how I, Edge works. Like, there's yeah. a lot of different guys. That's yeah. an every year thing. Right. Though. You're yeah. not going to feel great yeah. about a second round Edge guy, like, hey, he could go start today. I, I think, think that would happen. I think guys like MyJ Sanders from yes. Cincinnati, he could be probably the fourth or fifth, or maybe even longer than that. He may be the sixth or seventh guy off the board from the Edge spot, and he's probably going to be like a late second, early third. He could come in and start for you right now. I agree for I, I completely believe in that. I think there are some edge rushers in this class that are going to come in and make immediate impacts. Maybe not 20, 25 deep or anything outrageous, but I agree with Brian in that fact. I think this is a deep edge rusher class that yeah. you can get some guys well, not in the first round. We, we always like the thing about we all kind of liked Ojolari, and then he goes to the Giants, and he, you know, they, these guys go had a and nice they, season. They had they have success. Yep. I mean, you know, it's it's funny. You're like, oh, well, this guy's only two thirty eight, or oh, he's only two twenty nine, whatever, and you're like, you kind of ding him. And then they get in the game, and you're, and then you're like going, ah, oh, jeez, I didn't see that guy the right way. I kind of feel like this is the same group. Mm-hmm. I think you know the South Carolina kid was at Agnar. Uh, I think E N A G H A R E. Ignagbari. Yeah, I, I, I don't, man. To me, I like watched him. He was at the Senior Bowl and stuff like that. You watch his tape. He's got, you know, he's got some qualities to him that they're pretty good. Him, Cam Thomas at San Diego State. Yep. Their, ta- about him. their tape is a lot better than probably what they performed at the Senior Bowl. I gotta learn how to say Ignagbari. Ignagbari. And yeah. then you've got like Arnold Ebicati. Yeah. I'm curious. I'm curious and I know Fosky we- from Notre Dame's another one. Fosky, Drake Fosky, Jackson Fosky. from uh, uh SC. SC. We probably talked too much about wide receivers sometimes. Oh, let's do it. Well, you just said earlier in the show that you we only, need one. You only, well, but you only have one first round grade, and that 
Yeah, but I'm going to have 15 second round grades. Well, that's what that's I was fair. about. That's where we dance. That's yeah. what I was about to ask is, I mean, we've been on this run for the last few years where there's four or five, six receivers going in the first round. And there will be. Oh, yeah. I bet those guys are going to go first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're just I only not first have, round I only grades. have 12 first round grades. Yeah. I, I, I guess a lot of not first round grades going in the first round. I, I forget. We've already talked about this being a class with fewer than normal first round grades. Yeah. But even still, you're kind of painting a picture for me where starting at 20 and going to like 65. Oh, that's where we dance. That's where your sweet spot oh, is. Oh, that's where we dance. That's where Sky Moore and George Pickens and Chris Olave <laughs> and Jahan Dotson and John Mechie and Jalen Tolbert. Oh, you talk about Wandell Robinson, Kentucky. Uh, Wandell Robinson's on the back end of that for me, but he's but, still there. But yeah, that's a fun gadget, little speed, quickness. Uh, this is a it's a fun. Anybody watch Alec Pierce from Cincinnati? Have not yet. Need to watch him. Need he to watch Alex Senior Bowl. Need to watch Alex Alec yeah. Pierce. I just let me let me find out Wandale Robinson shifty, is, is bigger than Big, tall. Sky Moore. He, gets, he yeah. is. He's not. Yeah. Uh, well, I you can't trust I college them measurements. Play. Okay. He's, he's not. All right. Uh, he might be the same Who was the discussion? height. Wandale Robinson is oh. skinny. No, you're he he is Sky Moore's rocked up. He is yeah. 185. You're right. I don't think the tight end class is deep at all. I think it's pretty thin. It, Brian mentioned that four kind of names. Feels like the norm at this point to me. But that's a fair assessment. But go ahead. But Brian said four names: Ruckert, Otten, Weidemeyer, McBride. Those are my top four tight ends. Those are only throw, four I've done. I'll, I'll throw Jake Ferguson in there as well. Isaiah Likely. School. After that, I'm not. I'm not. I don't love that. his tape either, but I know I'm that he's going to be Isaiah a top Likely. 100, 120. Yeah, pick. he again. Daniel Jeremiah. I mean, his top. We all look at these guys different, but he yeah. was in his top. Isaiah 50. Likely from where? Coastal Is Carolina. Coastal Carolina. And Jake Ferguson from where? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. I always like to get the schools Yes, in there. for sure. But I think outside of those five, six names, I I don't see anything happening until day three. That's at the, that's late day three. That does that. feel normal, right? Where it's like that's, there's no first rounder, there's a second rounder, two people thirds, will and two put, fours. People, yeah, will, put, like people will put Weidemeyer from Texas A&M the first round. I'm at the I point, and I've got him at a second. Yeah, I'm like well, him. I'm well aware how in love I was with Kyle Pitts, but unless it's that type of talent, I don't see the point. To be honest with you, mm. like these, I mean, Dalton Schultz. You needed, hate tight ends. I hate overdrafting tight ends who don't know how to play the position in the NFL and are going to need like two years at minimum to get up to speed. Give me a freak or give me a jobber. Dalton Schultz was like everybody's favorite roster casualty for two years, and then he put it together, Uh, which is fine for a fourth round. Blake Jarwin's undrafted free agent. For a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick, that's great, but I ain't trying to get that from my second round pick. Like, I, uh uh-uh, no thank you, sir. No, thank you. There are other positions of need that you need to address before you really look at the tight end room and say that is a premier player. How do you you mentioned D tackle, Brian? Like, how do you feel? Is there a sweet spot there in terms of like? I, I'm, I'm kind of looking at guys like with the Davis. I think Davis. I mentioned math. I mentioned this because Wyatt. The questions about we were on Jeff and and Dane and I were on their day talking about Lyle, the Texas A and M kid. You know, where, where do you? Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. I mean, to me, I mentioned Logan Hall. There, there's probably in that second round, there's going to be a run on some of these defensive tackles. You know, depending. I think there's. I think there's actually. You guys really got me. I, I I haven't looked at the Clemson tape, Jeff. I appreciate you sending that to me of Travis Jones. DT four. But I kind of feel like they're better threes than there are 
ones, if that makes sense. Jordan, well, really? Well, like Devontae White at Georgia and DeMarvin Leal, I think are nice threes. Perry on Winfrey with what he did at the Senior Bowl in yeah. Oklahoma looks really good. I like Wyatt, Hall, and Winfrey. Okay, think, yeah. yeah. And I, I have Hall as an edge, but wherever you want to play him. Um, yeah. Like Jordan Davis is a good one. Travis Jones is a good one. Uh, I think Fedarian Mathis at Alabama is yeah, a good one. Yeah, I think Mathis is going to surprise some folk. I really I, do. I think there's a decent chance that maybe a D tackle goes before the Cowboys pick and maybe not, and that maybe five go before you pick again. That's what I think could happen. Maybe more than that. How do you all feel about I'm interested cornerback? We've talked a little bit about it. It's I mean, there's always going to be guys at the top of the draft because of the importance of the position. But how do you rate it later on? And then on top of that, how do you rate it for the Cowboys knowing that they just put two guys in the pipeline last spring? I would I would keep an eye on the guys with length. And I mentioned I mentioned Emerson from Mississippi State. These long rangy kind of guy. Did you watch him? Tie your shoes no, I just, up. I'm laughing because I love, I always love the little corners. Like my two favorite yeah. corners in yeah. this class are Trent McDuffie at Washington yeah. and Roger McCreary at Auburn. Yeah. Not one and two in my rankings. One thing I know about to watch. The, wa- the little guys, the Washington Huskies are going to put out some badass DBs that the Dallas Cowboys don't want to look at. That's what it I always mean. seems like that. But man, I, I kind of, Trent McDuffie might be the best corner in this draft. I class love when it said Elam and McDuffie, play. Elam from Florida, McDuffie. McDuffie, yeah, I mean, yeah. Kyler Gordon, his teammate's pretty good, too. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty Not good. as good as McDuffie. But McDuffie just jumps off the screen because yep. he has the movement skills. The 5'10 or 5'11 guy where it's just like, holy cow, his ability to change direction, stop at the top of routes. Yep. It's, it's goofy. The Kendrick kid at Georgia. I don't know if you guys have seen him at Former all. Clemson receiver. Yeah, he's he's a good little player. And I, I tell you what, another one that I was trying to kind of figure out, take a peek at Marcus Jones from Houston. This kid's 5'8", 185, basically, and he's one of the best return men in the country. 5'9", excuse me, 185. I was watching him cover somebody this morning when I was watching a receiver. Maybe it was Calvin Austin at Memphis. He might. This kid might be one of the most dynamic players in the country hmm. when you look at his overall and the way he plays yeah, was, and how, how was, physical he is and stuff like that. I was that. wondering why one of the little, quick, and fast wide receivers I was watching couldn't yeah. get open, and yeah. I actually Googled this morning, who's number eight at Houston? Yeah, that's, that was him. That's, that's him. Marcus oh. Jones. He transfers from Troy. To Houston, and I'll tell you what, even just Troy tape, I went and just say, I gotta look at this guy some more. But I, I asked I asked some of my gang of seven guys, and I'm like, listen, there's this five nine corner at Houston, and the immediate everyone's Marcus Jones, Marcus Jones, Marcus Jones. So if you have an opportunity, can't take a peek, but I don't know. But this guy, when you watch him, he won the SMU game this year. Like SMU kicked the ball to him. And he brought it back oh, that on a, was kick, him on on a return? kickoff return. He's one of the most punt, kickoff return. He can cover on the outside. He can cover in the slot. But he's 5'9", and I don't think these guys will look at him. But That's just in the, in the spirit of the draft show. And let me give you another guy, too. Kyler Gordon out of Washington. You mentioned all those Washington corners. Very sneak. They yeah. have a very sneaky yeah. case for DBU. They keep, don't get keep, the love they deserve. Keep an eye on that one for sure. Great Taylor Ryan. I let, look, we're, Martin we're, Emerson we're too, getting into the weeds here. We're a month and a half in. I'm loving it. Uh, this was fun, guys. I'll see you all Thursday. For, Sounds good. For Jeff, Brian, Kyle. Check out my YouTube page. I'm Dave. Check out Jeff's YouTube page. <laughs> Wednesday, we have a show. <laughs> Get that plug in, fellas. Thanks for listening to The Draft Show. We will catch you all next time. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!